Radio. As we come to the end of the liturgical year, we're presented with these readings of a very apocalyptic nature. Um, this is on purpose. It's actually supposed to help us get ready for Advent. Apocalypsis in Greek is revelatio in Latin, which is revelation. So it means a revealing. It's a revealing of who Jesus is. And then next week we have the feast of Christ the King. So he is king. and Well, getting ready for Advent, we're preparing to see who he is and how he reveals himself in the stable, in the manger at Christmas. And so where that's the beginning, this is the end, presented both together. How is this happening in our readings? Well, Jesus, in this whole 13th chapter of Mark, which we hear just the end of, is speaking in a very apocalyptic manner. He's talking about the end of times, this cataclysm. The temple in Jerusalem will be destroyed, the heavens will be shaken, and so on and so forth. And the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD. Um, as for the heavens being shaken and so on, what does he mean by all of this? It can seem very strange and somewhat scary, this language of his, but if we listen with Jewish ears, then we will understand what he's talking about. And the key to understand is actually given in our first reading, taken from the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel was written for the Jewish people in exile. Daniel was one of the exiles in Babylon between 600 and 500 BC when they had their 70 years uh, exile there away from their homeland. The book of Daniel was written for two reasons. One, to encourage Jewish people to stay strong to their faith while they're in such a corrosive environment. And secondly, to hope and know that God will restore his people, restore them back home, and eventually restore them as the kingdom, taking over the Babylonians. Jesus is tapping into this second element, this element of restoration and the coming of this kingdom. I want to point out three aspects of the book of Daniel on how Jesus is talking about this and fulfilling this. So we have first, uh, the, the three places will be from the second, seventh and ninth chapters of Daniel. I encourage you to read them, um, read the whole book. It's only 13 chapters. It's, it's an extraordinary book for us to read too. Um, we're in a similar situation to the Jewish people were who it was written for. So in the second book, King Nebuchadnezzar, who had um, taken the Jewish people, he had uh, invaded and taken them away as refugees, he is back home now. The Jewish people are there and dispersed over Babylon. And he's had a dream. And he's troubled by this dream. And he calls all the wise men of Babylon to tell him what it is. If they can, they'll be rewarded. If they can't, they'll be killed. And as this is going out, none of the wise men know the dream. He won't tell them. And so they're all going to die. Then Daniel hears of it. And he's like, Okay, God, what's the dream? And God tells Daniel the dream and the meaning. So he goes to King Nebuchadnezzar and says, Look, God has revealed to me what it is. And he kills King Nebuchadnezzar. This is the dream you had. As you were lying on your bed that night, your thoughts turned to things of the future. 
and when you fell asleep, you dreamt of a great statue. And this image had a head of gold, a chest of silver, a belly of bronze, and legs of iron. And the feet were made part of iron and part of clay in an attempt to mix together. But as clay and iron can't mix, neither did they mix. And then you saw a stone cast by no hand. Come and hit the feet of that statue, and the whole thing came crashing down and became just as dust. And that tiny stone grew into a mountain which encompassed the whole world. Daniel then said, This is what the dream means, O king. You are that golden head, your great kingdom. And after you will follow a kingdom not so great, and after that another kingdom, and another kingdom. And these kingdoms in succession will be replaced by a kingdom founded by God himself, this stone cast by no human hand. It will destroy all the kingdoms before it, and in its place will grow a kingdom that will last forever. This is your dream. And the King Nebuchadnezzar rewarded him and so on. Then in chapter 7, Daniel has a very similar dream, which is telling the same story from a different angle. Daniel has a dream of four beasts, of a lion, a bear, a leopard, and then of some great monster with ten horns and iron teeth that comes munching anything in its path. And when it doesn't munch, it stomps with its feet. But then the heavens open, and there sitting on his throne is the Ancient of Days. And to the Ancient of Days there comes forth the Son of Man coming on the clouds in glory and power the exact phrase that our Lord uses in the Gospel. The Ancient of Days is God the Father. The Son of Man coming on the clouds in glory and power. This stone cast by no hand. The Son, Jesus Christ. The kingdoms. That lion, the golden head, is Babylon. Babylon was soon to be replaced by Persia who overtook the whole known world. That's the bronze chest or the bear. After that, Alexander the Great came to power and the Greeks spread over the whole known world. Uh, during the Greek reign, we have the two books of Maccabees written, the last two books of the Old Testament, where the Jewish people were under Greek rule and Judas Maccabeus revolts. It gives them a bit of independence. They spread over, and that's the leopard, the bronze belly. And then... Legs of iron, a beast with seven, ten horns, that means power, and iron teeth that munch everything. The Roman Empire, that then took over everything. And there are these four beasts. There is this statue. And the Jewish people who knew their book of Daniel were like, okay, we're under Roman rule. Now there's going to be a reign of God which is going to take over. 
And this Roman Empire of iron is starting to become corrupt, so clay is starting to mix in. It's becoming brittle and hard, easy to break. And it is in that time that they were expecting Messiah. But then there's more. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament that we know of in the Gospels. There's only one that gives a time frame. And that is in the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel. In the ninth chapter, through 10, 11, and then chapter 12, which we heard of in the first reading, where St. Michael visits Daniel, Daniel has a vision of tribulation and trials, of cataclysmic events, which is exactly the same sort of language that Jesus is using in the 13th chapter of the book of, of Gospel of Mark. He's mirroring Daniel. And in these four chapters of Daniel, it starts off with a visitation from the angel Gabriel. Angel Gabriel comes to him and he appears only twice in the whole of Scripture. And the other time he comes is the Nativity. To Daniel he says... There will be a Messiah who will come after great tribulation and trials. And this Messiah, every king was a Messiah, an anointed one, but this Messiah will be the Messiah that will reign forever. And he will come in 70 weeks of seven years, which is a Jewish, Jewish expression for 70 times seven years, 490 years. And that's what was said in the Babylonian exile from 600 to 500 BC. 500 BC, 490 years, takes you to the coming of Christ. And so it's no um, accident that the Jewish people in Jesus' time were expecting the Messiah. They knew their book of Daniel. They could count. They had fingers. Even though they didn't have calculators. There was the zealots. They expected this Messiah to come and start up a militaristic kingdom and take over the Romans. And um, Simon the Zealot, one of Jesus' apostles, was a zealot. There was a riot put down before Jesus was born of zealots and the Romans had suppressed that. That's why the um, high priest was so scared of what Jesus was doing. They were afraid of another riot and then the Romans coming and putting them down again. That's why I was trying to, try and suppress Jesus so much. They didn't want another Messiah to get the Romans offside. But the people were awaiting the Messiah with such expectation. And these people who knew their book of Daniel, who were awaiting the Messiah, when they heard Jesus Christ talk in this apocalyptic language and talk about this ancient of days and talk about the Son of Man coming on the clouds in great glory and power, their ears pricked and they knew what was going on. Jesus is claiming to be this Messiah. Our times of trouble, our times of suffering are coming to an end. God is establishing a new and everlasting kingdom. Jesus had to teach them exactly what that meant, of course. But we are living in this time. We are part of this kingdom. This message is not one of fear. This message is one of great hope. Sure, there will be a second coming of Jesus Christ with cataclysmic events of however it happens, we don't know. When? 
not, not even the son knows, only the father knows. And we can never know. But that's not what's important here. What is important for us, every day of our lives we're facing difficulties, trials, these cataclysmic events, socially as a whole society and personally each one of us. But it isn't to that that Jesus Christ comes most powerfully. It is into that that he gives us hope of his help. Like we said in the psalm, and we can say with the greatest trust and assurance, keep me safe, O Lord God. You are my hope. As a free, not-for-profit service, Creatio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit creatio.org.au slash donate.